to Focus on Women's podcast. We are an organization working to give women in the creative world of photography, videography, styling, art directing, and more a seat at the table. Through community networking, workshopping, and mentoring, we hope to provide support for all the women in our industry. This first series of interviews, we will talk to artists and creatives about how they got started, what were some of their challenges as females working in a male-dominated industry, what drives their passion and creativity, and how will they be speaking up for the generation ahead. Hi, I'm Tracy Tarek, founder of Focus on Women and Poppy Creative Agency. Today, I'm joined with Betsy Davison, from Space for Arts, who I met as she graciously hosted one of our events last October. So excited to have you here. Thank you, Betsy, for joining us. Thank you, Tracy. Uh, I am thrilled to be here. And that first event that we did together was a blast. Thank you for for finding me through LinkedIn. Yeah, it was great. So I'm so excited because I don't think I really even know your background. So um, this is a great forum to discuss how you got started, and then we'll get into more about Space for Arts. But what was your background before founding Space for Arts? Wow. I mean, like um, many women um, and men, we find ourselves and our career paths going in many different directions. Um, Certainly when you are are in school, either high school or college, you think you want to go in one direction and, you know, 20 years later, you're doing something completely different. So in uh, college, I went to Purdue in the Midwest, and I was a pre-med student, so, um, and um, a science geek for a while, and my first job was in Boston at Boston Children's Hospital, and I was a researcher um, researching cystic fibrosis, um, which obviously is, is just a terrible disease for small kids, and we made lots of progress, and then I went on to work for Cambridge Research Labs, which is uh, um, a subsidiary of Johnson & Johnson. And one of my jobs was working with um, an over-the-counter uh, test kit for strep, and the other one was to detect AIDS in the blood supply. Wow. And that was a very scary job. I had to show up in basically a spacesuit. <laughs> <laughs> many, which many people are seeing um, of the doctors and nurses and the heroes today, um, right. how they're fully gowned and face masks. Um, but that project actually went by the wayside because there was um, a leak of the virus in the water supply. Wow. Yeah, um, it was contained, but it's a very scary virus to deal with. And um, so that project in particular was shut down. And at the time, um, my work uh, transferred to Western Massachusetts, and I started working for a company called Tan Brands, which most of you might know is a single product company, um, which is Tampex. Oh. And I worked there um, as a project manager, and I have two patents, one in the US and one in Europe, for what you would know as Tampex Pearl that's on the shelf today. Um, and it's a, it's a patent for material science, Um, and the story goes that as I was doing this research, my job was how do we make a completely biodegradable paper applicator, um, function, um, and ease of use exactly like a plastic applicator? (laughs) Because at the time, um, all these rely tampons were washing up on the, you know, Long Island shore and completely gross. And there was definitely a need (laughs) to make something that worked. Right. Um, and that was environmental friendly. And of course I loved that. 
Um, and if, if you have two seconds, the story is hilarious. Um, I could, by the way, clear a room at a cocktail party um, like there was no tomorrow when people asked me just what you did, like, tell me about your job. <laughs> and when I had to spess up that, you know, I was doing research on tampon applicators, you wouldn't see a man in the room. They all disappeared <laughs> magically. And every woman in the room, including people who were cooking in the kitchen, would suddenly crowd around and give me all kinds of advice as to how best to come wow. up with a perfect applicator. Anyway, so um, the long and the short of it is that I had a boss who was um, quite a smoker. And I asked, what is that wrapper um, around that um, box of cigarettes, you know, the cartons of cigarettes. And it turns out that that particular material is completely biodegradable and it's, it's wood pulp, basically a byproduct of wood pulp. So you go to the paper mill and, um, that particular film is created as part of the paper process. So I took that particular raw material and placed it um, on top of all the paper, um, created a, an applicator. And when you add heat, um, and different kinds of moisture, you can mold it, um, into different kinds of shapes. So, wow. That's, that's amazing. Uh, yeah. So that's, so there's that. Um, at the time I was doing a lot of the research and finishing up the patent for that. Um, I was pregnant with my first born son and my son, um, is, um, profoundly deaf and intellectually disabled and had quite a few medical issues when he was born. So I took a little detour and stayed at home for a while. And that's when the internet was beginning to explode. So I was in the 2000s and I was thinking, okay, this is the wild, wild west, you know, just a complete open book in terms of the different kinds of technologies that were emerging, you know, PayPal and Google and, and all of these different um, uh, products were being launched. And based on some friends that I had and family members, um, I launched what was at the time called Art ID um, and basically a precursor to, some, to the platform Etsy, which is a membership-based product for visual artists. And so we would have visual artists, you know, painters, glassmakers, weavers, photographers, um, on one side and consultants would come in and look at their beautiful work and connect, meaning, gee, I'd like to have your work in my gallery exhibition or gee, I need to do an entire exhibit for this new hospital or this new hotel. So that was how I began to put my toe in the water, um, with the beginnings of the internet and working with visual artists. And as Airbnb um, Uber, Lyft, so they started to raise money in the 2008, 2009, 2010, actually during the financial crisis, if you can right. believe it, um, started thinking about shared economies and what did that technology look like and how would that affect um, my business in terms of working with these creatives? And the, the original idea for Space for Arts was actually shared artist studios shared space with artists, visual uh -huh. artists. Uh-huh. And started testing, because we, we were talking to so many um, creatives, especially photographers. So we were interviewing, 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 talking to your customers, trying to figure out, you know, 
you know, what are the pain points for your business? You know, what are some of the solutions that you are finding and how can, how can other organizations be helpful? And the artists, while they loved that idea, didn't want it. Um, they didn't want anybody touching their stuff. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't touch my paint. You know, I mean, a tube of paint can cost upwards of $125. You know, I get it. Or don't touch my kiln or don't, don't touch this or don't touch that. But when you began to talk to the photographers, whole different, whole different, um, just a different way, different vision opened up. And doing the research became really clear that much of that business is corporate demand. Shooting inside of these beautiful studio spaces and they can be owned by a photographer or you know, milk, root, pier 59, you know, it, the, the, it, it, it's quite an expanse in terms of the smallest to the biggest. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's true across the globe. You know, it's true in London, it's true in Berlin, it's true in Sydney. Um, so we were beginning to think about that and thinking, hmm, so instead of, instead of the membership shipped based business, it became very easy to create a marketplace platform where businesses and corporate demand for shoots was coming in on one side. And of course, you've got these studios that are also businesses. So there's no consumer involved. It's nobody trying to rent a space for a wedding or a corporate event or a birthday party. This is corporate demand in the verticals, advertising, entertainment, fashion. You've got brands, Google, Apple, Target, um, catalogs. And of course there's editorial. All of those guys have creative teams and all of them are creating content. And then you've got, you know, NBC universal and CNN and the big media conglomerates. And it became really obvious that one of the main pain points for bringing these two, um, businesses together, um, a couple of things. One is there was no central place where you could quickly find vetted spaces and you could search and find what you needed when you needed it. And usually these creative teams, you know, it's a a non-linear creative process, sort of, ooh, it's like up, down, up, down. And when you need that photo studio or video studio or production space, boom, you need it right now. (laughs) It's often a very quick cycle time. And as everyone knows in the business, you're putting holes on everything, right? And the pain point is that you've got studios who are managing first and second holds, sometimes mm, three, but they don't like to go past two. So they're managing that on every single calendar day. But imagine a very busy business such, okay, so let's take, you know, People Magazine, that's a weekly. So they're doing three or four shoots every week. And not every shoot is gonna be in a studio, but a busy creative might be managing 20 holds at any one in any one week for a studio. Cause she's got to go back to her creative team, you know, go to the talent, go to the photographer. So the pain point is this juggling of what is a very traditional process in, in our industry, which is holds and challenges. And no one has technologically advanced that process past. I think the, the last technological advance in that in that booking process was the multicolored sticky note. <laughs> um, you know, usually it's Google 
your Rolodex or your best friend, hey, I need to shoot. These are my favorite studios, but it's not going to work for my creative. Well, for me, it's always them reaching back out and going, by the way, did you still need the space tomorrow that you put on hold three weeks ago? Because I forget, you forget who you've put on hold. And then when something didn't come through, having to remember who to then contact is a challenge. So there, there comes space for arts because what happens we put into the hold feature, you, when you, on our site, if you request a hold, the studio has to engage with you and accept or reject it. That's our double check for availability, right? So you have to request the hold and the studio will tell you yes or no. Right. If they say yes, you as the creative have your free account on Space for Arts and you can see all of your holds. So if you choose a hold and you go through the booking process on Space for Arts, but you have three or four other holds for that same shoot, the minute you book, all of the others get released and the studios get immediately notified so that nice. you don't have to chase them. Right. Now, the cool thing is also, if you've placed holds, but the creative changed, and this happens often, meaning, yes, I'd love to do, shoot in this studio, but the creative changed, and now we're going to shoot on the steps of the New York Library. Well, all those studios are chasing you going, hey, what happened? So holds on our website get released um, 36 hours before the actual shoot date. So if you haven't confirmed, you wipe it out because as we all know, we have to set some kind of limit. And if you're real, it, it's going to come together, you know, within 36 hours of the shoot sure. date because there's just too much work to put into that shoot. I mean, I, I've seen things come together in 24 hours, but that's a little crazy. Right. So it's a really efficient way for everyone who is booking through our, through our site, both studios as well as creatives, to bring some time efficiency. I mean, even the studios are saying, wow. And because the creatives, it's a free account, meaning we are agnostic, whether the creative books through our platform or goes directly to the studio. And I like to joke about myself, meaning if you go around me and it's a free account for you and you're not getting charged, I'm not doing my business. <laughs> I'm not doing a good job, right? right. But the point is, how can we add any kind of extra friction or any kind of extra cost to what is already um, an expensive process? And right. I mean, let's face it, we're supposed to be here as a resource, but our business model is a 10% studio transaction fee on the book, on the booking, right? So it's a modest marketing fee for us bringing together all of these businesses and us marketing to on um, the creative side and bringing all that demand together. And for the studios, it's not an exorbitant price and it's low enough where it's not incentivizing people to go around. By the way, why do creative go around it? What do they right. care? Right. But if you put the price too high and you charge both sides, people are, might transact one time and then they're going to go around you. Mm -hmm. But in this particular case, because the technology um, is so useful to both sides, it's sticky. And the studios are beginning to say, you know what, if it's free, I don't want to manage all these holds and challenges. I just want to see it in my account. Can I just take a bunch of my customers and just say, hey, 
I'm managing my holds and challenges here on Space for Arts. Can you just just book me through here? Because it's integrated to my calendar and it's it's easy. So that's good right. news for us. That's um, great. We started about two years ago. Um, so we have a nice inventory in some of the major markets. We still have lots of work to do. Thank you, COVID, for shutting down the entire production industry. <laughs> So how do people, yeah, so how, how are you finding your studios? Mostly by word of mouth or? Yeah, so that's a great, yeah, that was a great question. When we first started, it was just straight up research, meaning I had to do what you guys do, which is going into, going into Google and keywords and writing to them. And then what I would do, because I believe that the strongest relationships are one's where you get to talk face to face. And I think in today's world, you know, we all forget that even picking up the phone and hearing somebody's intonation and just getting to know them and asking them questions is an enormous difference as opposed to, you know, the texting or the emails, which disassociates you from that. And I always feel that business should be personal. I mean, if it's nothing else, it has to be personal. And I feel like this industry is based on those kinds of relationships. So I literally, I would write and I said, look, I'd like to come see your space in person. I would show up, I would meet them. I got to see the space and then the word started spreading. But the other, the other thing we wanted to do was to partner with organizations that um, are in the industry themselves and have a really great reputation. And one of the great first relationships with organizations in this industry was with APA. Mm. and Society of Publication Designers, which is where I met Allison. Um, Yeah, so just wonderful organizations. I can't say enough about them. And of course, pre-COVID, they would do these amazing talks. And I said, well, look, if we can do this, would you mind if we hosted these fabulous talks in a studio space that's represented on Space for Arts? And so the studio owner would have all the photo editors, creative directors, everybody would be coming for that talk. Everybody would network. There were nibbles. There was a glass of wine or a beer, glass of water. Got to hear a great talk, be inspired, and you got to see a space that perhaps you hadn't seen before. So it was a win-win for everyone. And the idea is that as we built our brand, we wanted people to get to meet us and to trust us. Um, But more importantly, to give back Um, For me, it's really important through my life. I've done a lot of social entrepreneurship, um, which is a whole different story. But I didn't, when we started building this business, it was really important to me to make sure that it's not just about the business, it's not just about the technology, but it's about the people um, more than anything. And involving those people and and being a part of that community is really, really important. And I think a lot of businesses and sometimes people forget that. I think in a weird way, COVID has suddenly brought us all back to that starting point. Um, So we start to think about families and our friends and you think about it in a different way. And and I I kind of have a feeling that as we get out of COVID, those relationships will stand strong. I feel like it's gonna be better um, than it used to be. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm hopeful. So, so that's how we started 
working on studios, it was, it was pretty much word of mouth through APA and SBD. Um, Look Book is an art of freelance, Matthew Young. Um, uh, Atlanta celebrates uh, photography with Amy Miller, Barb Griffin. So we've been working with some amazing organizations, hosting talks um, in different cities. And that's how the word of mouth started happening through those talks along with our marketing through Instagram and social channels. And so it's just, you know, it's yeah. just starting to pick up. So, so how many do you, how many studios do you have now on your, so we're, on the site? We are um, right around 600 right now. And wow. those are London, Berlin, um, New York, Los Angeles. Oh, we've got one in Greece. I can't wait to go visit that one. Um, Ooh, nice. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, it's interesting. Um, one of the focus groups we had early on when we were talking to people like Donna Bender at NBC and um, Karen Frank and, oh gosh, um, Kim Guggenheim at the New York Times. Um, one of the things that they were saying is you just really hard to find those great places to shoot in smaller markets. Like everybody has their top five in New York and LA and sure. London. But where do I, you know, I really need a terrific place in Dallas. Like, or where do I go in Chicago? Where do I go in Miami? Where do I go in Nashville? Um, so one of the big pushes now is for us to begin to develop all of the smaller markets because I feel like that is that is really a value-add resource. Um, right, well, what, and especially with um, the current situation where it feels like after the shelter-in-place is lifted, you know, it's going to be studio shooting potentially will be a little bit more um, popular in the beginning because you're not going to be able to get a permit for anything. And so, it'll stay local. And it'll all stay local. That's what I was going to say. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think it's great for the studios. I think we, um, what well, we talked about it before we hit the record button, <laughs> but we do have um, a, a call. Space for Arts is partnering with um, Art of Freelance, Matthew Young, on Monday and bringing in an infectious disease doctor to talk about, you know, safety on set protocols and making, beginning to make recommendations with sound medical advice so that studios and creatives, you know, they can start thinking about um, what is my, what are my line items look like? What's my budget look like? Uh, and again, you know, to the whole giving back to the community, I just knew right from the beginning that was something I wanted to be a part of um, because one thing we don't want, I mean, and that's what's so great about our industry and so great about what you're doing with this podcast is you don't want all of your friends to have to reinvent the wheel. You know, that's what all yeah. of these relationships are for. You pick up the phone. Hey, what do you, you know, what do you think about this? And that we all come together and you know, it shouldn't have to be paid for, you know, this is where our community comes together and we're all putting things together. One of the things I'd love to see to your point about, you know, studios will probably get an uptick and shooting local because, you know, you don't want to send a big right. crew to set. Um, but I would love to see the feedback as such, we are such an interesting time. We're all at ground zero. <laughs> everything, right. everything has stopped. Yeah. And one of the things that um, Dr. Davenport, who will be speaking on Monday, um, he said, you know, which rings true to me as a scientist, it's always about the data. It's always about do the experiment and then get the feedback. 
what right. worked, what didn't work. And it's something I'm going to bring up on Monday. And that is, I'd love to have a channel where everyone can give us feedback. Um, hey, we started, we, we did this shoot in, you know, Atlanta. We followed some of the protocols, but oh my God, this was like a total disaster. And again, that's to my point, let's not reinvent the wheel. Let's, let's make sure that all that data and all that feedback is coming, is coming in so that we can make sure that we're surviving this. I mean, one of the things we have to be careful about, you know, COVID is going to be around for a while. Right. And, you know, not to jump the gun here, um, but, you know, a vaccine is 18 months away. <laughs> and that's a fast track. I mean, vaccine, vaccines take five years. Wow. So 18 months, you know, we have to be vigilant. Um, we have to be careful. COVID's not going away. Um, and if it isn't, you're going to combine that with, with the normal flu season in the winter. Right. And, uh, you know, so, so being safe on set, in our industry and making sure that we're giving sound advice and that we're all sticking together is going to save lives. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's going to be super important. Yeah. Um, just to go back a little bit. Um, I think the, the thing I love most about your story, um, besides the fact that you're the person who created the tampon Tampex pearl, I can't believe I didn't know that. <laughs> Hey, that's why you do the podcast, girl. That's awesome. Um, I saw your look on your face. So you're like, what? <laughs> I know. But what I love about you as, as a colleague and, and a professional is that you're such an amazing networker. And, and I feel like you and I share that in common. Um, the way I met Bessie was through Juliet from the APA, who was one of our founders and we were planning our next event in New York and we needed a space. And she said, she had mentioned, Oh, there's this new thing called space for arts. And we've done a few events with them. You should read, reach out to Betsy. And somehow I think before I reached out to you, Betsy sent me a LinkedIn request. <laughs> and then it was like, Oh my God, that's the same person Juliet said I should reach out to. So I immediately wrote you right back. Like, hi, can I talk to you? Um, <laughs> Huh. And, and I ever, just, yeah, and ever since then we have connected with so many people together, yeah. and uh, and I yeah, do okay. think that in the community, you know, like you were saying, it's such a great, it's so important to be part of the community, um, and that's how you find a lot of your spaces. And um, I think that is the same for focus on women. You know, we're all about networking and meeting meeting different people and community. And I, like you, really hope that. Um, after this whole thing has, you know, hopefully died down a little bit and we go back to somewhat of a working schedule, I do really hope that this whole sense of community and being able to reach out to people stays in place because yeah. it is it is really important. And I feel like in our field of photography in particular, you know, photographers are typically pretty competitive and they're very, they keep very to themselves and they don't do a lot of networking like they should, <laughs> but, um, you know, so it's nice to have that, you know, we have a common goal right now. We're all in the same boat. What's, what, what's it going to hurt if I share my information and especially right now, it's important to share the information of how am I going to protect myself? How am I going to protect my crew? 
how am I going to make my space feel comfortable for someone who's yeah. never been to it, which must be such a big concern oh, yeah. for you guys. Oh yeah. But it's, um, um, one of the things that we did on the site, um, because I felt it was really important having talked to all these studios, as you know, as a creative, every studio has their own house rules or, you know, their, their terms, right? right. There was no way a marketplace like, like ours could possibly write a set of terms and conditions for every studio on the planet. Like that's right. not happening. So each studio gets to list their own house rules or their own terms and conditions. And one of the things we hope as a result of Monday and developing um, these, this, a playbook as it were, or, you know, safety on set recommendations, you know, we're not, you don't, I mean, nobody has to follow it, but we are hoping that because we have medical advice and it's sound advice, you know, it's not right. just going, you know, putting our finger in the air and going, huh, which way is the wind blowing? Um, but one of the nice things about our site is because we are aggregating all of these different studios in one fell swoop, they'll be able to say, I'm able to incorporate those protocols and here they are on my terms and conditions so that you may not have seen that studio. Chances are we have because we vet all the studios. Right. And knowing when they when you open up those terms and conditions through our resource, you know, through our platform, you're going to see, and I think every studio is going to have a COVID-19 line. And so the power of a marketplace in this instance is incredibly helpful, I think, to photographers and producers and those creative directors because the, the otherwise, you know, the old fashioned way is to pick up this, you know, you know, such a manual process. So again, you know, that you have to innovate, you have to constantly be on top of things. And so while it's important, these protocols for everyone incorporating the budgets and stuff, Imagine us, Space for Arts, which is the only site out there with all of these, you know, professional studios. We're not focused on event spaces. Forget it. I mean, I feel bad for those spaces right now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the event industry is devastating. Yeah. Yeah. So so the good news is um, you'll be able to see those. I mean, yeah, it's scary to go to another place, but you'll be able to see, no, no, you know, we're going to fog and we have, right. you know gloves and hand sanitizer and we have a washing sink and and the other thing I might do is is ask the studios you know look on your listing make some recommendations of local people because you you know if you've got to bring the talent to you know in, you're shooting someone in Nashville where's the caterer Wh where's the assistant where's the hair and makeup where's the glam right. um That's you know we'll idea. See. I mean we're gonna we're gonna see how this goes but um yeah, I mean, I feel like it is going to be scary, but like you said, having these relationships, it's, it, you know, and being that trusted partner is really important. And of course, as you know, <laughs> you guys can't see me because you're only hearing my <laughs> voice, but as you know, women are very good networkers. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, no, I think that's, I think that's super important. I think that, um, What's so great about your site, I mean, as a producer myself, um, you know, there's definitely been times where I've had to rent a space in a city that I've never been to. 
and I've never seen the space and I don't know the owner. And, you know, I'm just maybe doing, hopefully doing a phone call at least to get a sense of the person who owns the space, but you're totally renting it blindly. So what's so nice is knowing that you guys have actually, you know, the people you've been to the space, um, you know, there's a nice sense of security, I think, for a producer where it's like, oh, someone else has already checked this out. And now I, and now I know what's on the site is real. They <laughs> haven't, you know, yeah. they haven't fudged the dimensions, you know, or whatever it is, but it does give you a sense of security a little bit. Like this is a really, per, you know, this, this is a photo studio. That's all they do here. <laughs> well, I have to, I have to give a shout out to the fabulous Art Striver who I had, who, invited um my uh co-founder and i to breakfast oh my gosh almost a year and a half ago and god bless art he sat with me for almost two hours and said here are the things that i look for and i have to give him credit because when you go to the site and you see listings he is the reason why you are seeing the height width and diagonal of the freight elevator that's why you see how much power does do they have and what's you know so so art was fabulous and gave us so much insight so when you come to our listings and you open it up to see more you're seeing you're seeing all the questions that everyone is asking again and again and again and again, it's to efficiency and it and it speaks your language that's so Betsy a, once you book a space then the studio owner is notified and are you then just put directly in touch and the transaction takes place with you and the owner? Yeah. So what happens is on our site, anyone, it's free for everybody to join and have a conversation. So there's a contact button, you know, everybody's looking at the listing, you see the terms and conditions, you see, you know, the pictures, you see all the details and you know, you know, the whole nine yards, you hit the, usually everyone, (laughs) Without exception, everyone hits the contact button, right? Right. And they go, hey, I got a shoot, you know, I've got a little, I've got a three day shoot. I'm coming from London. I've got, you know. And then the studio will answer. And it's similar to Airbnb. You know, it's similar to so many platforms where you start the conversations. Mm-hmm. Unlike a lot of different websites, we know that this is production. There is no way that you do not want to talk directly to the studio owner, okay? We do not block you from sending your email, sending your phone number, send a carrier pigeon. I don't care. (laughs) But but what we want is we're trying to give you so much information that instead of asking 49 questions, maybe we've got it down to 12. (laughs) So you've got a really efficient system. And we understand production. And we also understand that it can be a really tight timeline. No one has time to mess around with, you know, back and forth. Just they, at that point, they just want to pick up the phone. That's great. But here's the beauty of our system. We're a free service to the creative. So why are you, after you, you've done all this research and you've saved these studios to your account and all that kind of stuff, why are you going to leave the platform and book outside? Right. And if we're driving business to the studios, why are they going to diss me? Like, you know, that is the whole point of going and visiting the studios. They understand what we're trying to do. And if I'm driving them business, that 10% transaction fee is completely affordable. Like, okay, that's fine. 
Um, and that's where we build the trust. And of course the creatives are coming in and we're providing them with a really useful sticky thing. So if you're managing all your holds, why are you leaving the platform? Like, it doesn't make any sense, right? You're gonna, you're gonna keep all the holds and then you're gonna hit the book button. And then it goes to the studio owner and when they accept, money flows. Got it, okay. Cool. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm, yeah. No, that's great. I love it. But like I said, if you request a hold, the studio owner gets a text message and an email and they have to accept or reject within three calendar days. Okay. Okay. I mean, you can be on the phone, but usually it's the hold is like, and then when you're ready to book, you hit the book button and he has, uh, he or she has to accept or reject. When you're ready to book, you enter in your credit card. So the money is sitting there. So as soon as it gets accepted, the money transfers. And that's where, when the money transfers to the studio account, we take the 10%, they get 90%. Got it. Thanks. Well, I think it sounds like a really awesome, efficient, fantastic platform. And I have recommended it to a lot of people here in the Bay Area that I know have spaces and and our producers, because I think it's, it does take out a lot of work from the production side, um, just in terms of you don't really have to, you know, you probably will do your due diligence and go see it again once you've booked it. But but beyond that, you don't have to do very much research and you don't have to call back all those other holds you might have placed. You don't have to remember who else you put on hold because <laughs> it remembers it for you, which is my problem. Um, so I, yeah, I think it's we're awesome. Also, we're also in um, massive development mode. Um, there's so many other um, features that we'd like to add. And to your point, building these relationships with both the studios and the creatives, we want to grow with your business. So the beauty of starting a business and growing a business is making those relationships, building the community and having you guys give us constant feedback. Hey, this works, but can I have this? Um, So the nice thing is to your audience, to everybody who's out there, we, we are in a great place Um, to get that feedback and to make sure that we are providing a service that's efficient and useful and is an incredible resource. So we're always open to that feedback and working with everyone. So yeah, that's great. (laughs) Great. And how do we find you? Spaceforarts.com. And are you on Instagram and all of those things? Yeah. I mean, Instagram is basically our industry's I I don't think we hang out on Facebook very much, but yes, (laughs) um, our tag is space for at space for arts. Everything is at space for arts, but, um, our Instagram, yeah, we have a beautiful account with, um, lots of lovely spaces right now. We're having a couple of takeovers, the fabulous no effects food photographer in New York just did a takeover. Nice. Cheyenne, um, who's an amazing photographer in LA, um, is doing a takeover next week. Um, we've got Felicity Murphy doing a takeover in a couple of weeks. She's a um, sports photographer in LA. So yeah, I mean, trying to trying to build a really great community and um, be open to ideas, but um, we're excited about possibilities. So. Great. Well, I would definitely recommend checking, checking them out and even just writing Betsy on LinkedIn, she will write you right back. <laughs> <laughs> 
I do. I do. Exactly. Um, and, but, and thank you so much for your time and sharing your story because it was awesome. I think a lot of a lot of listeners out there will be happy to hear. It's my absolute pleasure. And thank you so much for this opportunity to speak to your audience. I, I look forward to many, many more podcasts and all the talks that you're doing with all these fabulous women. And thank you, Tracy, because I want to do one more focus with women event where we're all in the same room together. Yes. Hopefully that will be, yeah. In the near future, we'll host right? another event. Together, I don't want to have to do sure. all the Zoom. I'm looking forward to the day that we all get to be back in the same room together. Yes. So. Yes. All right. Everybody, if I can say a big shout out. Everyone stay safe out there. Don't stay safe. Stay strong. This too shall pass. And, you know, we need creativity now more than ever. And we're going to make it. We're going to get through this. What better way to promote women creatives than by sharing your work? Focus on Women is hosting an Instagram takeover. Share your work, show off your process, and connect with a new audience. Head to focusonwomen.org to sign up today.